That's me there screaming all right at the beginning. Uh, my friend Sean Hoffman and I did that song together. We're back. It's Jedbanger's Ball. Today on the episode, we are talking about music supervision, music licensing, all the ins and outs of that, selling your music to films, commercials, TV, radio, video games. Uh, we have our special guest. We have two special guests today. We have Tiffany Anders, who's a music supervisor, and my good old friend Lacey Swain, who is a music licensor for Sub Pop Records uh, out of Seattle. She lives here now in L.A. and is doing that. And we kind of moderated the discussion between the two because they're on both sides of it. One person who's sort of trying to pitch the music for licensing and the other person who's looking for music that they can license to whatever you know industry they're working on at that time. So hopefully it's informative. I know a lot of people have a lot of questions about it out there. I know I did. I know I didn't understand it. I've been on both sides of it. Um, so we talked about it and hopefully uh, it explains a little bit. have Lacey and Tiffany here today. And this, this show's a little bit different today because we're going to talk about something pretty specific, uh, and that is music licensing. Because, you know, a lot of... I've been on both sides of it in the sense of, like, I've licensed music for films, and I've also had my music licensed for films and commercials or skateboarding videos or whatever. But I still, like, don't understand how it works. And it seems like a lot of people that play music don't understand how it works. And what you know, what you're told is like, oh, the music industry is dead. The only way you're going to make money these days is licensing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. <laughs> that seems, it seems easier than I think it actually is. So, uh, yeah. Oh, so this is going to be biz talk. Biz <laughs> talk. Well, no, 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 not really. <laughs> I mean, first kidding. I just wanted to say, La biz. Lacey and I, we, we've known each other for a really long time. We used to work at Sub Pop together. And I was just trying to think today, how when, when did we first meet you and I? Um, probably at the Sittenspin somewhere, like at a show when I was working. Right, which was a laundromat rock club. Rock club. Oh, I miss Sittenspin. Yeah. In Seattle. It was really nice. Yeah, and you and 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 your boyfriend at the time, Ruben, were he worked there too, no? Or just on Sundays, we did shows on Sundays, but he didn't work there. Work there. I worked there. I folded towels and wiped up pubes and <laughs> told people to stop smoking crack in the bathroom. Right. Daily. And you guys had just, you had moved from Austin, though. Yes. Yes. That was my first job. And then, and I worked there until it closed down, and then I got a job at Sub Pop. I remember now, I was working in the record store, and you came in with Ruben, and you guys said, hey, we just moved here from Austin. Like, nice what, nice to meet you. What record store? At the Sub Pop record store, the Mega Mart that oh, used to be in. in the, you were working there? Yeah, in the Pike Place Market, and you guys came in and introduced yourselves to me. Oh, you're probably a dick. Huh? I'm sure I was a yeah. dick, but I th also thought it was so weird because it was just like, these people are so not from the Northwest. Yeah. Because they're just coming in. Hey, y'all. <laughs> we just got here from Texas. Yeah. Like, welcome. Boy, our arms tired. Yeah. And I remember, it's funny, too, because I also, my introduction to Tiffany is also through Sub Pop in the sense that, like, I used to work in the warehouse, and I remember going through the warehouse and seeing a Tiffany Anders CD. Very 
there's probably lots of them there. In there. Were, <laughs> there so were, I was like, oh, where's this going to go? <laughs> there were quite a few of them. <laughs> there were quite a few of those. It was on Up Records, yes. which we dist distributed at the time. Yes. And I also remember <coughs> specifically just my 19-year-old boy self, which you could imagine at the time, of just like seeing, a, like going like, Tiffany Anders, like what's this? Like what's Tiffany Anders? Like I'm not going to listen. Like there's a dwarf <laughs> CD on the shelf. I'm like, Blood, Guts, and Pussy. I'm like, I'm not going to listen to this Tiffany Anders record or whatever. I don't blame you <laughs> at all. <laughs> you know, I um, technically now license Tiffany Anders for... That's true. I've never been licensed. <laughs> I've never been licensed, but I've never thought about that. You would be the person. I would be the person. Yeah. Which we didn't. We didn't plan on that at all. I know. And now we're Crazy. just here. Yeah. So let's 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 talk about that. So Tiffany, you're a music supervisor. Yes. And so what what does that entail? So I mostly work on films and TV shows, as you know. Right. Because your band was on one of the TV shows that I worked on. Which one? You're the Worst. Okay. Last season. We were on You're the Worst playing ourselves. Mm -hmm. We got murdered. Yeah. Oh. That was really fun. On. They were on the on show. On camera. On camera. Wow. We got shot to death by a PTSD vet. Oh, shit. And you know, it's sad because that part got cut out. It was too violent. I thought it was too violent. Wait, the whole thing? No, just them getting sh killed. Oh, oh. Okay. Shot. Okay, I'm sorry. Go no, 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 go ahead. So, so basically, your job on the show then is, that was a, a specific thing where you actually wanted to have a band on the show, but mostly it's you're, you're working on the music that gets played during the show. Yes, yeah. So I go to people like Lacey and beg them. Beg a lot. Beg. I have a pretty good beg, yeah. beg game, don't I? Oh, I mean, it's direct. <laughs> it's a direct, Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I go to people like Lacey and I say, hey, you know, I need, I need some cool, cool music, some cool tracks, or um, I'll have something in mind. For the TV show, actually, we have such crazy budget restraints that I often have to ask before I go and license something or get any big ideas whether I can whether it's affordable for me or not. Right. And just to be clear, Lacey's job is the licensee. Soar. Licensor. <laughs> yeah, you're the licensee. <laughs> Tiffany's li <laughs> is to You're sort of the gatekeeper of all this music. Right. A, cattle, a library of sorts or yeah. whatever that somebody comes to you and, and what do you say to her like when you, when you need a song for a, for a show? Well, generally, because I know how it works and that, that there are restrictive budgets a lot of times, mm -hmm. you know, the first question will kind of be like, how much money do you have to spend and what are you looking for? And so we will pull together, especially with a catalog as big as Sub Pops and the other labels we represent. Um, there's just a lot of stuff, you know, and you know who will want to do stuff for certain amounts of money and who you don't even bother asking because... There's certain artists that are like, I'm not going to yeah. license my song to commercials. Oh, yeah, but even, like, for a low-money TV use, you know, you're not going to have the biggest bands on the label do a thing for not very much money because then the thought is it devalues our intellectual property. So right. it's a real pain in the butt for me. Right. Because yep. there's this precedence that gets set 
for certain artists or just in general, you know, certain labels are like, no, we will not go below this. Even if a band has broken up, even if a band put out one record, I mean, you really have to get in there and try and like, you know, plead your cause to get them to go lower than their president. Is there ever the case of like, what, what would you do, for instance, if you could you send the band or the label like a clip from the show and be like, this is actually like a really cool thing yeah. as opposed to like this is not a Tide commercial or something? No, totally. People And people do that all the time. Um, but there's also, and it's not like there is a set. I mean, there are at some places for sure. Like people will ask for our rate cards and we don't have rate cards. You know, everything is considered on a case-by-case -case basis. There's no like all these bands for 30 seconds is this much, you know, and so let's figure out your rate. You work with what the people have that you're working with, but there are just some bands that you're like, oh, I know their management is going to scoff and be like, and then I'm going to have to read a dumb email about fucking copyrights and value and whatnot. And I'm like, cool, man, I'm just the messenger. Right. You can just say yes or no. That's it. I don't need a, you don't have to tell me your philosophy. Although I have to say Lacey is kind of the exception because I find, you know, especially if you're going to major labels and major publishers, it's them who are saying, oh, no, 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 this band is worth this amount. We're not going lower than that. And they don't even take it to the artist right. or the manager. They just they just flat out will not do it. So, I had that exact same thing happen when I was trying to help our friend Calvin make a movie, and and I he wanted only one song, and the entire budget of the movie was for this one song. And I went to the to the publisher or whatever, and they a lot of times these people are they're like just office workers. They don't even know the song that you're talking about. And they don't really care, and they just look at the dollar sign, and then they go to the person who owns the song. It might not even be the artist that owns the song at this point. And they go, mm -hmm. this is how much they're willing to spend, and the guy goes, no. Yeah. And the reason why it actually went through on this instance was I found a guy who was actually friends with the musician and said, hey, this is a really cool project. Would you be able to do it? And then once that happened, it worked out. But a lot of times, you're just talking to someone that might as well be like oh, yeah. a they secretary. Have, they have no idea what their catalog is. They're not familiar with it. And so that's that gets disheartening. And, you know, I had an instance recently, very, very, very big artist, huge artist, and uh, I was just waiting on an answer for, like, months from a big major label. And I found the artist, and, you know, typically they don't like it when you reach out to the artist directly. In this case, I reached out to the artist. He wrote me back. Then he wrote to the label, and the label actually called me. I was expecting them to, you know, bitch me out over the phone <laughs> for, for you know, like contacting the artist. And they said, um, usually we'd be very upset about this, but in this case, we couldn't find him. And I just thought, wow, this is this is a huge artist. And they needed his approval on this one song. And I just thought, you can't even find your moneymaker? Like, you don't know where your moneymaker is. You've let some opportunity, like, just slip through the cracks. I mean, stuff like that is kind of maddening, where you're just like, there's such little care, and s it's so not personal. Sure. That it gets a little... 
And I would assume that it goes both ways in the sense of sometimes you're emailing like a manager or a lawyer or somebody and they don't relay that information to the band. I've heard of that happening too. And then the band's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah. you cost me like $50,000 yeah. because I never even knew about yeah. this thing, yeah. you know? And like years later, like maybe Tiffany runs into said band at a show and was like, oh man, I really wanted to get you on this thing and blah, that blah, blah. That has happened many times. And they're like, I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've heard of that. That happening. happens a lot. That happens a lot. Well, that's that's crazy. I, I I wanted that brings me to another question I had is sort of a more specific one. But can you explain like the difference between like a master and like publishing or you know like sides on a licensing deal and how that works? Do you want to do that, Lacey, or shall I? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, sure. Or um, I can. D- well, I'll, how about I'll just talk about the master and then you can talk about okay, the, the okay. sync side. Okay. Okay. okay so. What I do is represent the master recording for all of Sub Pop and Sub Labels and a handful of third-party labels. And um, that is we actually control the rights for the recording, for the physical recording of it. So when people come to us, they, well, actually, most people when they come to us don't know what they're doing. And then you have to explain the whole thing. Um, but for like a big thing, they would know what they were doing and they would come and they would, you know, quote on the recording side, which is what we have. And, uh, holy shit, dude, that weed crap. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, why are are you having such a hard time? Where am I? (laughs) Why? How come? Why, Why are you having such a hard time explaining it? Because of the weed coffin. Because <laughs> the built-in vaporizer into the desk that we're recording in? Yeah, what is... I really don't know where that cable goes. I don't know either. I think it just goes to some like weird goblin that's actually like lighting the pipe for you before you hit it. Uh, I, I mean, weed's just gotten crazy these days. I mean, I feel like it's always on, though. Like, it's that goes to a battery or something. Like, you could just do that at any second. I think you can. I, I don't know how it works either, but... So yes. you're just really stoned, is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, man. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So you own the master, which is the physical recording. The recording, the thing you buy. Right. The thing you buy. Yes, we own the recording. And it's the master tape, basically, is right. what it refers to. So that's what we, that's our piece of the two-piece puzzle. And Tiffany is going to tell you about yes. Yeah, so all let me ask you a question real quick, though. All right. How often are you pitching songs to people versus people coming to you looking for songs, or is it both the it's, same? It's both, like both all day, every day. Right. That's what my job is. Right. Is answering emails about that. Right. Can I do this? Right. And then asking. I email. It's a really glamorous job. It's a lot of emailing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But you pull together music for me, and no, yeah, I'll yeah. say, well, you know, I'm looking for something like this, and then you'll give me a whole, you know, link to music that you've right. found that you think yeah. would be suitable. Yeah, we do searches, so mm-hmm. it's either um, it's like shots in the dark, or n- like negotiating prices basically and getting approval so it's both you know it's like that's all i do right 
And then, so you're looking for the publishing part of it, no? So no, I, I go I go to Lacey for a master, and then she'll say, yeah, this artist, uh, we can approve it for this amount, and then I have to go to maybe a public, you know, like BMG or, or, or there's lots of publishers out there now. Domino has a publishing side. Um, and the publisher is for the actual written song. So, um, you know, that's the composition, whoever wrote it. So say, you know, Sub Pop has a cover of, like, The Wanderer or, you know, some... Nice one. You know? I like that, The Wanderer. Yeah, The yeah. Wanderer. Uh-huh. Keep going. <laughs> so then I'd have to go to, I don't know, probably, like, <laughs> Sony ATV or Universal. And, you, you know, sh- here's the intro. Should I, should I go into MFN? Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. so... It's important. This is a very, very informative very show that we're doing here, so that's very, the point. Very, very important. So, yeah, okay, let's say, uh, you know, she's got a band, maybe a baby band, a little band that, you know, did a cover of The Wanderer, and she's like, I can give it to you for this amount of money. And then I go and I go to the publisher, and they're like, well, we can't do it for less than X amount of dollars because it was a hit. And this writer needs to be paid accordingly for their song. So I can come back to her, and either she she will say it's got to be MFM with the publisher, which means each each side gets the same, right? Or you know, I can say, hey, you know, it's a huge song. Can we not do MFM with this because it's a it's a little band covering a huge song? Sure. And uh, actually. On on a movie I just worked on, we uh, we had two big songs, one by Wang Chung and one by New Shoes, and in that case, those artists knew that their songs were hits, you know, and they d- re-recorded their versions to be able to license it to me cheaply. Right. So sometimes that happens. Too. Right. There's a little loopholes in there. That's exactly what I was thinking about. So do you ever deal with people where you'll have like a band basically write a song that sounds like a famous song so that you can then license it for cheap? Mm, or, I've or never do a gone cover? into that, but covers, yes. I have, I have um, explored covers quite a few times. Right. But, we, but people do do that. What yeah, you were saying, right? Yeah. Fake songs that yeah. sound like like, like say sound alike. They'll sound like a Blondie song, but it's it's just some guys in a in a studio. Yes. Yeah. So what you're saying is that you had these these artists actually covering themselves, basically. Yes. yes. So that that's the new master. Is that what that's mm-hmm. considered? But yes. the publishing stays the same because the same person wrote the song. Yes. Right. So they're basically re-recording themselves because uh, you know so who that they knows? can get all the money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. All the money. Because all the money goes to them because they probably signed some record deal and um you know, they probably took some big advance and they don't see that money or who knows. But and they they re- do re-record versions that sound exactly the same and offer that up first so that they can keep the money as Lacey said. Because when they got that advance the first time around, they basically were selling some of the rights to the masters to the label so that the ma- the label would get say 50% of the master and they would get 50% of the master yeah. and then maybe they would retain 100% of the publishing. Yeah, although yeah. usually I mean in this case they uh you know they they have a publisher 
although it was kind of an independent publisher. There's also this whole thing with administration. <laughs> it's a motherfuck. It's, it's quite... Well, that's what I'm saying is, like, what we're saying is, and that's kind of why I wanted to do this show with you guys, especially <laughs> besides the fact that we're friends and, I, you know, I'm interested in it, but it's so confusing to bands out there and, like, you keep getting told this thing of, like, oh, you got to license your music. Hey, don't sell your publishing, you know, and it's just yeah. like, what the okay. fuck does that mean? Don't sell your publishing and you should probably license your music. I agree. I agree with Lacey on that. Don't, don't, but at what point do you sell your publishing? You don't ever. Don't ever do it. You For no amount of don't money. Don't ever do it. No, never <laughs> sell your publishing. You can always have somebody administer your publishing, but they don't own any rights to your publishing. So that's what we do also. Right. Because Subhop does have a publishing division as well. So they're the administrators of the publishing for those bands. Yeah, songwriters. we collect, we collect all of their publishing money, which is, I mean, in a lot of bands, uh, you say, oh, "Do you have a publishing deal?" And they're like, "Yeah, blah blah blah." My name's like Pirate Face Songs yeah. on ASCAP, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, that's not a publishing deal." Yeah, I had this recently. Yeah. Can you explain that? What happened? Well, so, I mean, that is, ASCAP and BMI are performing rights societies, which is one income stream to your publishing performing rights money. Right. Um, but you've not signed a deal. And it's just like to administer this, like, statutory rape. That, uh, rate? Ra uh, no, <laughs> rape. <laughs> yeah, I said rape. Um, so they're you know they're collecting pennies sure. and, you know from all kinds of places, but that's not a publishing deal. If you have signed a deal with a publisher, you should know it. I would hope, and you should have received cash money to do so, right? Or not. And like, what especially for an admin deal, like if it's just like you know, you're not buying anything. You're just you're kind of hiring somebody sure. to do this for yeah. you is what you're doing. Yeah. And Somebody I'm who knows what they're doing. And what can, can like a band rights. expect, like money-wise, when they do license a song? Well, it totally depends. Um, things are way, way all over the place. You know, like even just like t so, like from TV shows to films to ads, but even like the different levels within each of those. You know, yeah. there are network shows pay more money, and and you know, and then but then the shows that everybody wants to be on have really tiny budgets, but people want to do it. Right. You know, like a Breaking a cool Bad show. or something like that. Uh, smaller even. Oh, okay. You know, like, um, a lot of, like, the cool Netflix shows and the HBO shows and I guess Breaking, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I Breaking did Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad was really, I actually worked on your side for a little while and I worked at a place called Natural Energy Lab and I got a song on Breaking Bad, their first season like the second episode, and they had no money. No for money for that, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it got better. Yeah. But. Well, they used, like, Badfinger towards the end and stuff in America, and I'm sure they got more yeah. money as the show went on. So uh, I had a, I mean, I had an ex uh, experience where it was, like, Marlboro had come to us and wanted to, like, make a video. Like, we were oh, one of, yeah. like, many bands that were being pitched to, like, Marlboro to be in, like, a Marlboro sponsored. You say that so funny. What? I don't know. Say it again. Marlboro? Is that, it? Is that what I'm saying funny? Mal Marlboro. Marlboro. 
Uh, so Marlboro. Marlboro. That's so hard to say. Sorry. <clears throat> um, <laughs> the built the built-in pipe to the table. Uh, Marlboro. Uh, how fast are we going? And then we're like going like ten miles per hour, and we think we're speeding. But uh, <laughs> like what I'm saying though is like for me it was like okay I smoke cigarettes or whatever I have no problem smoking cigarettes or whatever, but to do a thing with your band that you put in this sort of energy and you feel like you have some sort of, you know, artistic vision or whatever, then to do, like, an ad for, like, a product that's probably a horrible... How much money were they going to pay you? <clears throat> that's the thing. It's like, at one point, it got so far to the to the level where basically after months they came back and said, oh, you know what? Like, you guys are called Zigzags and that's actually a competitor of ours, so, like... We don't know if we want to use you, which to me, it, it's like, how was that not the first thing right. that was said in the meeting? Yeah. But like months later, after like a million people have discussed it, it goes like, oh, yeah. you know what? Actually, you know, they're actually, did you know that those guys are called zigzags? Like maybe that we shouldn't use them or whatever. Yeah. And then they were like, well, would you guys be down to change your name for this Marlboro thing? And I'm like, hell yeah. Actually, that would be better <laughs> yeah. if we yes, were just like least. a fake person in the but ad. Yeah. So. At that point, it's like, how much money is it worth it to the band or to well, your to your to your conscience to do something? Well, so what happened? Don't leave me hanging. I don't think they even ever and they probably just uh, like got rid of the whole program in general. I don't think anything ever happened with you know. It's like one of those things where someone was like, oh, "That's a bad idea. Let's just not do it." Right. Well, Lacey, I mean, this is more a question for you because I don't work in ads. I mean, I've oh, I've yeah. done some, I've done like creative consulting for ads where I just literally send them ideas. Um, but I've never had to license any music for an ad. And I don't know. I mean, I think I think if you get used too many times, right? Like, isn't there something where, like, if you've been used in an ad, like, too many times they don't want they don't want to use you again, I mean, right? they always say that, but how many fucking ads have that Fucking uh, black keys. Not that the other one. <laughs> How you like me now? That song. <laughs> you know, like I don't know what that song is. Yes, How you like I me know. now? You, you don't. Yes, you do. I've heard it. I don't. Who does it? Oh, um, I actually know this. Who is it? It's a band called The Heavy. Oh, okay. I never heard of them. Me neither. Yeah. But you've yeah. heard that song almost every day of your life. Sure. You know, and that's crazy. Um. But also, it sounds like what you're talking about is a little bit of a different thing. Like, that seems like more of a video content thing, branded. Yeah, it's more video. of like an online video branded content. As I mean, you can't advertise fucking cigarettes on TV anyways, so it's not right. like a commercial. It's like a like Marlboro sponsors these bands, and these are Marlboro bands. Yeah, and you know what I mean. Be like, it's you're not like playing live or. Yeah, it's like a Marlboro session featuring so and so. You know. Um. How much money did they want you to wear? Uh, it was not that much. It was like $5,000 or something. I don't even remember. Okay. But it wasn't enough that it, like, felt good, you know? Yeah, that doesn't seem worth it to me. Right? No. I mean, it's all it all depends yeah. on who you are and it's what you're... See, I'm really... See, but your job is to get that money, though. My job is to get that money. Right. Somebody is going to get that money. Why shouldn't it be somebody I know? Well... You know what I mean? Who again, needs the fucking Lacey, money? Again, Lacey is the rare exception because that's the way music supervisors feel, I feel like. I mean, I feel like on my end of things, I'm like, 
what's it to you? It's, you know, whether it's a grand or, you know, 10,000, I'm like, it's still that money, you know? Yeah. Like, Somebody is going to get yeah. it because you know what? The fuck? Oh, here I go. Okay. <laughs> the internet ruined everything. And um, like fucking Bandcamp, which by the way is so bizarre. We're on Bandcamp right now. I know that. <laughs> I can't follow this podcast on Bandcamp unless I go buy some music from someone. Right. What does that even mean? I don't know. We're figuring that whole thing out right now. But I don't think it's just you. No, it's not just me. I'm just saying. I no. mean, I'm really bad at the internet, but it's not just me. Like, right. Everyone, me too. <laughs> everyone's bad at the internet. Yeah, I'm terrible. I mean, some people are not. Oh, but so now it became a thing where I think supervisors, well, it's like the economy got bad and everybody's budgets went away. And so then things that, like when I first started doing this, for sure, if you got a song on a network show, it was going to be like at least fifteen grand sure. aside. So thirty thousand dollars. Thirty thousand dollars total, but it was going to be like at least fifteen grand. And then now you'll do, like you get requests for like the same exact rights that were fifteen grand for another show. I'll be like, we've got a thousand dollars aside. You well, know? the rules so like of cable and the internet have changed, and this is the same thing for actors, too, because in the 80s, if you booked a commercial and there was only, like, four channels, it was considered a national commercial, and it was a union job, and you were guaranteed, like, $50,000 if you were in, like, a Clorox commercial mm -hmm. in, the, in the 80s or whatever. Right. Now, you could be in a Clorox commercial that's played before a YouTube video that gets skipped, and you'll get paid, like, $1,000. Even though it went from, like, a bunch of people with, like, basic TVs watching you to the entire world now sees you. But now it's you get, like, one-tenth of the right. money, if that. Right. And for a long time, that was also um, uh, when people would come asking for a song. They'd be like, oh, we want this song. We have only this much money. But it's just the Internet. And right. For a while, that was like a viable argument. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know. And now yeah. it's just like it's just everything. And everyone's like, yeah, it's just internet it's just hard. yeah, it's just an internet. It's just the internet, so no one will see it. And I was like, oh, you mean the internet where everyone is? Because <laughs> right. no and nobody's watching TV anymore. Where just the, the internet. Where it's not even. Oh, cool. It's not even you watching yeah. TV or the internet. It's the internet is watching you. Yeah. Oh, you mean the thing where it will follow you around for the rest <laughs> of your day also, and you can never You can never it? get rid of it? Yeah. yeah. That? It's like a bad photo of you drunk at a party that's now out there forever. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, 50 bucks will work for that. Why not? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. It, oh, yeah. No, we need a lot more for it to be played during daytime television on ABC or whatever. You know, yeah, like that's interesting. That that brings me to another question I had is like, so basically the thing about the internet is like, they're like, oh, it's just the internet, but the fact that it is the internet makes it last forever. Mm -hmm. So, say you say you sell a license a song to like a TV show, what what are the rights as far as ownership of that show then, as far as what what they can do with that song, generally. Well, iClear, here's some, here's some other terms <laughs> I'm going to throw out there. Glossary. iClear, um, for all media, meaning internet, you know, all, all, all forms of media, 
um, now worldwide. Known or hereafter device. Now known or hereafter device. Mm-hmm. Um, worldwide, and I do it for in perpetuity. So that means your song is tied to this program for you know eternity, basically. Like in whatever form. In whatever form. Some people put in, you know, uh, not worldwide, but in the universe. Yeah. Just in case. Some people will cross You're watching it on the moon. Yeah. It sounds like Scientology. (laughs) Well, (laughs) funny enough. Clearing. (laughs) Universe. What? Tiffany and I wanted to talk to you today. (laughs) You guys, you two sitting here reminds me of that NPR sketch. That's what I I feel like, (laughs) and I keep doing it. Yeah, you guys remind me of that. Um, to talk about salty balls or oh, no? One. What is it? Sweaty balls. Sweaty balls. Yeah, exactly. So you're licensing the song basically for use for however they want they see fit for the be all end all of time. Yes. If you license for a commercial, though, it should not be that. It Don't should be that. a certain amount of times that they air it, and that's the agreement, right? Well, it's normally like. Um, it's a much shorter term. It shouldn't it shouldn't be more than a year. Right. And it should mostly be six months or less. And if the commercial decides to go longer, they have to come back to you and yeah. renegotiate that fee. Yes. And usually, if they want to do use it again, it would be more, right, than yeah. it was the first time. We normally do a 15% increase. Just because they're like, renewal. this song is now tied to our product, and we can't do this commercial without this so- like how you like me now, they can't change it to, like, right. you know, uh, right. Slayer or something. But no, that would be a, a weird move <laughs> for <laughs> Mazda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're doing, like, necrophobic or something. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, for instance, so like, you're a band and you want to, like, submit your songs to, like, how do you get that stuff out there? Is it just based on, like, everything else where it's just, like, you just fucking write good songs and you be a good band and you become a popular band and that stuff's going to find you? Or are there ways that, like, independent bands can, like, try to, like, license their songs? Well, I get sent a lot of stuff. And I have to say, you never know what you're going to need, you know, in, in terms of what you're working on. I mean, you could be... There could be something that you personally would never listen to in a million years, but it just so happens that it fits a certain scene or, you know, this character likes this certain kind of thing. So I always encourage bands to send me stuff because I'll listen to anything. And I kind of keep stuff, I keep things in folders and I'll go like, oh, this would be good for this. And I mean, on the TV show I'm working on right now, you know, we have many different locations and some are in a mall and some are, you know, so I have to make folders of like what I think would be playing there, you know, preemptively to try and, uh, you know, sort things out. But it's always good for me to hear new stuff directly and I do listen to everything. So I think, I think the more that they can get it into music supervisors' hands, the better. I mean, I might be the exception. How... What is the percentage of shit someone sent you versus, I don't know, I guess stuff that... That you would send me? Yeah, I guess. Or, you know, people who do what I do and all that. Like, how often do you, like, like oh, I'm going to... Where's that Bandcamp link to jedbangersball.com? <laughs> um, 
Well, I do have a. I will say I will go to you guys first. That's what but, I thought. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just that being said, I that I run out of options. I oh run sure, out, sure. I run out of options, and then I'm like, oh, okay. I need you know. I I sent like over 200 songs for a few episodes so far, but like out of that, maybe it's like 50 that he, that the you know that the creator chose and then that gets dwindled down and and then I've got to find more so I yeah. run out of options oh and yeah I definitely like yeah but I'm this is more of um more of what I, I like to call um somebody's got to make the sandwiches philosophy and mm-hmm. that uh like I just feel it's about and also about you know like and the kind of kids where, oh, your parents told you you were special, obviously. Like, you're getting, go do it, or whatever. Sure, if you make great music, somebody will find it somehow. Maybe, sure. Maybe. But realistically, that's like a needle in a haystack, you know? Right. So it helps because of, like, the whole argument, too, of, like, why labels? That whole thing that seemed like, it seemed like all the media was pushing bands to not have a label sure a few months ago mm-hmm. man i'm still so high <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh the same thing's like what do you need a label for you don't need a label and it's like yeah 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 that's you you're, you're right in this day and age you can do a lot of things without a label well i think about it in the sense of like sometimes when i go to band practice and i think like oh why do you need a label or why do you need a manager or why do you need a booking agent and then you think like because I don't want to fucking deal with all that stuff after, like, I'm, like, just stressed myself out trying to write a song to be, like, yeah. go, like, try to book a show, you know? Or right. go, like, try to worry about the fucking... You're, you're yeah. not going to get your record pressed anyways without the label. You're going to be pushed all the way in the back of the oh, line. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's just, like, having... It's Why would you have anything? Why would you have a lawyer? Right. Oh, because that guy knows the law. Okay, Johnny Basement band <laughs> go yeah become a fucking superstar do it i am all for you like i'm for you right and johnny basement band is just like 24 7 just like dealing with shit all the time right like he's just freaking out yeah yeah well i was wondering too like as far as music supervisors go like you talk about like you know having all these batches of songs and stuff it's like how much how much like artistic control do you have over like a film and like the vibe of the music? You know, say it's a it's a period piece and it's like a '60s set in 1968, and you want to like kill it with like fucking all along the Watchtower mm-hmm. at one point, you know, which is like it seems they use the same fucking shit and all the uh, time. Yeah. What's the Jefferson Airplane one? Uh, uh, White Rabbit. Oh yeah, God, I'm like somebody's doing drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, and it's like what you said about this, the commercial sh- shit. It's like these these directors, like some of them are awesome or whatever, and we have friends that are really creative, interesting people, but like some of these guys are like, they know film, but they know nothing about music, and like their musical tastes are like the worst fucking music oh, taste. Yeah. Well, and they just want to use the same shit that everybody else used. But like. I'll say this. Um, when it comes to music, everybody you know, thinks that their taste is great. Right. And everybody's... And they're totally wrong. 
and everybody, you know, everybody's entitled to that. I don't believe that. But the that. crazy thing that happened. Really? No, because because uh, you, you and I and us and we've spent our whole fucking lives doing music. No, and, I understand. And, I, and I when someone says, you. I say like, what kind of music? Do they, oh, I like everything. It's just like, no, you fucking don't like yeah. music because you don't know what the fuck you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just my personal opinion on it. But. And directors Whoa. tend the most most of the directors I've worked with tend to have an idea that of what they want musically. The thing about it is, is the movies I've worked on, they can't afford right. what they mm -hmm. like. So um, that's where my, you know, my music knowledge and my me being such a big fan and collector comes in very handy because I can go, oh, well, have you heard this? Because this we can get. And, and in certain cases, and I will say probably in most cases, <laughs> when we have to replace something... I had to replace a sub pop band. Actually, I'm not going to name who. But when we had to, re when I uh, when I had tad. to replace that, I have to say it was like I I knew I knew it worked better, and I was just like, here, let me let me link this up for you. I threw it on the on the cut, and it and it worked better, and he was fine. I mean, and every director has a tantrum about it. They all flip out when they can't get what they want, and then then you have to kind of, you know, guide them gently through this transition of, like, here's here's a million different options that are probably going to work better anyways. So... Right. And it's different from each director. I mean, um, some directors I get to work with the composer a lot, which I always really, really enjoy playing music myself. I really like working with the composers. Um, and... Yeah, I mean it's it's different from director to director, but I I feel like on most of my movies, there is there is a lot of me in there, which, you know, is definitely makes me proud and happy, you know. Right, and I think I mean as much as people want to know about how this stuff works, also I think there's a lot of people out there, and they're totally wrong when they think this, but they want to get into these jobs. Or oh like yeah. work at a record label. <laughs> yeah. People tell me they want to work at a record label or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I remember working at Sub Pop, like when I started working there in the late '90s, early 2000s. It was basically the place that you worked because you couldn't get a job anywhere else. Now you have people that go to school for this kind of stuff. But right. I, uh, your mom, Tiffany, your mom's a director. Mm -hmm. And is that how you kind of got into being a music supervisor? It is totally how I got into it because. She was in these predicaments over and over and over again where she can she uses music a lot. Like Well, she uses musicians a lot in the films too. Yeah. So she would cram a movie with like twenty songs, which is a lot for a film. And uh constantly had her heart broken when she couldn't get certain songs. And so I kept seeing this happening. And then she'd be calling me saying Hey, do you know any bands that this might, you know, I couldn't get this. Do you know a band that might suit this and this and this and that? And we used a lot of sub pop stuff mm -hmm. then too. But, uh, you know, I was like working as a waitress and I was like, well, somebody has a job where they're getting paid to do this. And I kind of found it fascinating that there were certain things that she couldn't get. I didn't understand that. And I wanted to understand it more. And she kind of filled me in a little bit. She didn't actually know too much about the licensing thing, but she did tell me a little bit, 
you know, when my record came out, she said, do not sell your publishing. You know, that I had people... There's anything we've learned today. Do not I had I had people offering me publishing deals when my record came out, and that was one thing that she was like, do not do that, because then your stuff will never be in any movies. I mean, it it's is a complicated the thing. Are, the publishers, the big publishers are having, I think, a hard time coming around to what people have to spend. But at the same time, they are... Um, I can't say that I mind it because they're kind of the only advocate for keeping the rates the up. Keeping the rates up. Yeah. yeah, the keeping intrinsic the rate realistic. Because it is really hard to come back from paying, wait, what did I say, a 15th? Right. You know, like, well, oh, now we pay a 15th. There's never going to be a time where they're going to be like, we're going to go back to paying you 15 times more. Right. Like, we, you have to try and stay up. Sure. You know? Well, because it's like something like Spotify or something where they just go like, we're going to play your music all the time whenever we want. And we're going to, this is the rate we're going to pay you, which is like zero 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 point zero zero one or whatever, you know. It's yeah. kind of the same thing. Once they devalue it so much, they're never going to like revalue it. No. Yeah, exactly. So at some point you got to like say, no, we're not going to. We're not doing. Yeah. I mean, it. and there is a point too. like, I do get, I do get requests for searches for, you know, it's like a brand video, and we want it for a perpetuity on the internet, and it's five hundred dollars, you know. But it's like, okay, can't I know that I do work with bands who would want that five hundred bucks, but at a certain point in time, you have to be like, no, I'm not doing it, you know. Right. I know that somebody will do it for sure. Somebody on Bandcamp, if somebody just emailed you and was like, hey, can we use this? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you can. And you can make money doing that, like, you know, doing those kind of deals on your own if you're a band. Sure. But you're devaluing the whole thing for everybody. We do them all the time. I mean, for me, I guess, like, the line is, like, if it's something, like, for instance, it's, like, Vans or Converse or something. It's something that I like, something that I wear, or it's a skateboarding video. And I think, like, uh, like a bunch of kids are going to see this, you know, and, like, it's going to be cool. Or we did a thing that was, like, a PBS documentary where they were doing a thing about reclaiming warehouses for art spaces, you know. It's, like, yeah. that's not hurting anyone. No, no, know? no. No, I'm, that's what I'm saying, though. If yeah. it's something that you believe in, if it's, like, Vans or Converse or skateboarding or whatever or yeah, art spaces, yeah. But if it's somebody comes to you, I don't know. I just I've seen things that they send to bands, right? And have like looked at contracts that people have signed, and I'm like, you, did you even look at this at all? Or right. You were just like five hundred dollars. I'll right. sign anything, you know. And it's like, oh, these people can actually use your song wherever for anything, you know. Well, and I know, you know, uh, I know how you got into it, Lacey, because I worked at Sub Pop as well, and it, you started out, like, just working in the record store. What were you doing? You were No, I was, a, I was a temporary receptionist. You were a temporary receptionist, and then you just worked your way up? To being the director of fucking licensing. Exactly. Way so to they, go. Way to <laughs> go. I have moved up the <laughs> corporate ladder at Sub Pop Records. And, in, and you find yourself down here in L.A. now, too. Like, they, they let you they move let down here? They let me move. They let me move. They let me try and um, give it a shot here in the city where it all happens. Because you're coming down here baby. for meetings all the time to meet with music supervisors. Meet with music supervisors, yeah. And exactly. And so that's the thing. And that's like, that is what a label and a publisher, I mean, that's why I'm saying 
I think people think a lot today, oh, I don't need to work with any of these people anymore. And it's like, well, you don't, but when you are working with a label or a publisher, you do have people working on your behalf, right. you know? Otherwise, just, otherwise you're existing. It's this, I mean, we're selling things. Right, and I just wanted you to know? point that out just for people that wonder, like, oh, how do you get into these jobs or whatever? It's the same as any other job. If you want to be a chef, you start out as a fucking dishwasher or whatever, and yeah. you just work your way up. You, you pay attention yeah. to what's going on, and then they you get moved along when you if you show interest in it and you're there at the right place and you fucking bust your ass. It's like any other gig. Totally. And so just wrapping it up then, I wanted to just think and ask you guys, like, where do you think, like, all this stuff is headed and where is, like, the challenges for you guys moving forwards and what do you want to, like, accomplish with, with these jobs, you know? That I don't know about you, Lacey, but... Ooh, did you see that face? I was <laughs> like, oh, my God. That... That is actually um, an interesting question because part of my moving down here was uh, like, I'm going to just become extra awesome at my job. Right. Like, I'm going to go spend at least a year working on my, I guess, is what is my career, you know? I've been there for 12 years, and so I don't, this is what I do. And I think, like, realizing that was kind of a mind fuck, and then I was like, well, I'm going to be really good at it. I'm going to go down there, and I'm going to, like double gun finger guns do the thing and chat people up and then i was like oh yeah no that sucks <laughs> you know because because you think about these jobs but then you know it's like what we said earlier it's like there's so much just like emailing involved that's there's so much emailing <laughs> i can't meet anybody i'm too busy emailing i can't have lunch with you right i'm harassing you no Isaac. are you right now oh no yeah i am let me check my <laughs> blackberry <laughs> Really have a blackberry. I don't know. They still make blackberries. I think so. Oh, okay, cool. Lacey has a flip phone that she handles all the music licensing for. If you're a band out there wondering, yeah, it's um, it's a razor. Yeah, if you're wondering why your license contract is just a photo of a cat hanging on a branch, yeah, then so how do so my. Jess, our producer here, is giving me the green light here, or the red light here. And Tiffany has to go watch Mad Men with her mom, I, I so really we have to do. wrap it up really here. Do. So, um, <laughs> if, if anyone I need to know what the closing song is going to be, too. Oh. What? 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 The, oh, the, the closing, closing song. Yeah, exactly. Like, what's the closing I mean, come song? Come on. Well, I just want to ask you guys just real quick: How do people get information on these businesses if they want to get involved with it or or kids or college kids or if this is what they want to do what like what what what's the option like what's the route you know i am uh well as lacy worked her way up i interned for a music supervisor karen rackman for a while and howard parr who actually helped me a lot too but i also you know i did i i would say if um if there's licensing companies out there or music supervisors that need interns, anything like that, I, you know, I just dig around and start investigating if there's any place that you can intern. I did it, you know, for quite quite a while, a couple years, you know. And then I worked on a, I worked on a super 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 low budget movie for Drake Jeremus, and now he's making like a giant sci-fi movie with Kristen Stewart and Nicholas Holt and. I'm his music supervisor. Damn, you know? girl. He went he went from like $30,000, $250,000 to like huge giant, you know, Ridley Scott produced film. So I say 
if you really you stick want around, it, you gotta stick around. You gotta like get in there and start yeah. doing it and interning and doing shit for free. I mean, that's how I know you guys. I stuck around and like you guys have always been like that's super true. sweet to me and we've always been friends and we've always like Tiffany's gotten stuff for my music when when she could and you know and and Lacey let me sleep on her couch for years there for a while and years well not years I don't know it was a while it felt like years jeez sorry <laughs> you know what is what sucks is that right now I'm like now I really want to talk about like philosophical implications of all of this and you know like deep secrets well we what could do are a part the deep two secrets. The deep secrets that they don't tell you about licensing really? the music. Should we do a part two of that? Because Tiffany has to go see <sighs> Mad Men Mad with her Man. mom. I know. Mad Men. It's the season finale. It's the end. It's the end of all Mad Men for all eternity. Okay. Tonight. I bet that the last song, it's got to be some sort of like 77 punker song. What year no. are we wow. set in no, right no. now? Okay, let's do wait, this. Well, let's just all go around and say what the last song is going to be. And then we'll end it on that. What oh, year yeah. is it? I don't even. I've never seen the show. So what year is it? I, think I don't we're know. We're in 1970, right? We're in 1970. We might be. Yeah. But it's the end of the series. It could feasibly jump. They've already for used an the Beatles, so it's not going to be the Beatles. All right, Lacey. But when do you think it's going to be? Do you think it's going to stay in 1970? I mean, I, I need think a it's year. Ending right there. 70. Yeah. Okay, so it ends in 1970. Lacey, what's the last song of Mad Men? Ooh, give me a minute. Give me a minute. It's got to be something about, like, political unrest. Okay, it's going to be a Clash song. But it it's 1970. It's so going to be a Clash song. <laughs> I'm so, I, am I know, but I'm anticipating a flash forward is what I'm saying. It's going to oh. be like um, I, like she, I know she said it's not going to happen. Oh, no, they can't white rabbit. It's, it's going to be better. Pie than it's not Layla. It's not going to be Layla, Derek uh, and the Dominoes. No, that's not triumphant enough. No? No, you need something like. What's that? Yeah, that would all the all leaves, leaves are, are brown. brown because Don Draper moves to California. Oh right, <laughs> Jess, no. is, Jess is chiming in with all the leaves are brown. I know, I know. Well, no, I don't know anything. What if it's it's never rains in Southern California? Could be, could be. I have a feeling he doesn't make it to California. Well, there you go. So, what's the ultimate seventies death song? Fucking don't fear the reaper. Oh, that would be. C That's I too would late. love it if That's it was. Too late. But I would love that it is, if it was. That don't is fear the my Reaper. prediction: is don't fear the Reaper. <laughs> that would be pretty epic, actually. Can everybody pay me fifty dollars if that happens? Just we'll pay you fifty. Yes, we're, we're gonna end. I know it's not gonna happen, but right. it would be amazing. Thank you. If we're gonna happen. end on "Don't Fear the Reaper." Tiffany, Lacey, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> All right, well, that was our music supervision episode. I, I hope you learned something from there. Uh, I want to thank Tiffany Anders for being on the show and Lacey Swain. Uh, luckily, uh, I know she got home safe. Uh, we take, sometimes they, we take these things in advance. So. <laughs> she, she's, she's in bed now watching Netflix, I'm sure. Game of Thrones or what have you. As always, Jed Banger's Ball is sponsored by This Is Not A Pipe. Recorded here in the Green Street Studios in beautiful Los Angeles, California. For all of you that were out at the uh, desert, deserted at the Palms Festival this weekend, it was great to see all you. King Tough, Sunning the Sunsets, No Age, lots of great local bands. We had a blast. Thanks for that guy that bought the t-shirt in the parking lot. Thanks for that guy that gave Dane the dune buggy ride. Can't believe we made it home. But there you have it. That's the show. 
stay tuned. We'll see you next week.